The people in your restaurant tonight are dining there for different reasons. Some may be celebrating, some are looking for a quick post-work dinner, some might be enjoying a much-needed break from their kids, others might be on their first date. They will order different things and spend their money differently, but there's one thing they all have in common. Each one gets seated and handed a menu. The menu is the one thing that everyone experiences. Stick around because this week I'm going to show you how to turn your menu into the most valuable piece of real estate in your restaurant. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, welcome back. I want to thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs and restaurant owners. Each week I choose a different topic. We explore that topic. We pick it apart. Uh, Hopefully by the end we come across some useful insights uh, and then I finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short actionable task, just something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts we talk about here on the show. Because as I say each and every week, I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Uh, I'm going to invite you, as I always do, to become a subscriber. It's the best way to stay current with new episodes. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, go ahead and leave us a rating or a review. And if you want to get in touch, then I certainly want to hear from you. The best way is to email me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. And let me know what you think so far. What have you found particularly helpful? What are you still struggling with? Uh, If you have specific questions, please do ask them. I'll do my best to answer them either with an email back uh, or maybe right here on the show. So this is episode number 17, and I'm calling it Menu Magic, and that's because uh, there are things you can do right away with your menu that can have a profound effect on your bottom line. Without changing a single menu item, I'm going to help you squeeze 10% out of your menu overnight, and then I'm going to show you how to build toward an additional 10% in 90 days. So... When I go into restaurants, I'm always taking stock. I look around to to try to understand what they're doing and and how they're doing it, uh, why they're doing it a certain way. I'm trying to figure out the identity of the restaurant. I'm trying to see if what they're delivering is in line with the experience they say they're crafting. I look at every step of that experience. I, I can't help it. How was I greeted at the front door? How does the music jive with the lighting? Uh, What are the menus like? The pricing? When the food arrives, am I surprised by what I got? Does the menu properly communicate the dish to the diner? Or am I disappointed by what I got? Do I have food envy? Sometimes I look around and see dishes that look better than mine. In fact, I'm always amazed at the great dishes that just don't sell because they're described poorly on the menu. With a few important changes, your menu can be your most valuable piece of real estate. Or, seen another way, it can be your most valuable employee. But the best part is, you don't have to pay that menu anything. It's like free labor. So, when tackling the menu, uh, I like to split it up into five different areas. Number one is matrix. Number two, layout. Number three, descriptions. Number four, pricing. And number five, training. So, the matrix. This is about data collection so we can understand what's working and what isn't on the menu. I'm always surprised to discover that uh, a lot of chefs don't know how to properly assess the the p-mix that they're looking at. 
So to get started, I'm going to assume that you have all your food costs in line. You know that this dish is running at 26% and this at 32 and this other one might be a bit higher at 40 or 44. Okay, so you're going to make a list of all your menu items. Make one list for appetizers, another for entrees, another for desserts, and another for side dishes. If you've got a dedicated bar menu, that's going to be separate as well. So you're going to start a spreadsheet uh, from left to right. On the left, you're going to put the menu item. On the next column over to the right, you're going to list the price that you charge on the menu. One column over to the right from there is the cost, the percentage. And then the fourth column, and this is the most important one, the real dollar profit. So you're going to do that for each and every item, every single one. Go through the entire list. And then next, you're going to look at your PMIX and figure out your quantities. How much are you selling of a given item? And you're going to compare just within the category. So you're putting apps up against other apps, entrees up against other entrees, desserts against other desserts. And then you're going to create a matrix. So what is a matrix? It's a grid. So remember back in high school, we had an X and Y axis. The X axis, the one running horizontally, is where you're going to track quantity. Left is low number of units sold. The right is high number of units sold. On the Y axis, meaning the vertical axis, you're going to track profitability. The top is the most profitable and at the bottom is the least profitable. And here's a very important thing to be aware of. We're not tracking food cost. Instead, I want to know which items are bringing in the most money. So that's that last column on the spreadsheet, the actual dollar profit. So now if you've drawn your uh, X and Y axis, you'll see we now have four quadrants and we're going to name them. In the upper right corner, the dishes that make a lot of money and sell a lot, you're going to call superstars. In the lower right corner is what we call golden nuggets. These are items you sell a lot of, but they don't bring in as much money in the end. Think of them like in the old days, right, when we were panning for gold. You may find a ton of little pebbles, little nuggets of gold, but each one wasn't worth very much. So you either have to find a ton of them to have something of value, or you have to go in search of bigger chunks of gold, meaning more profitable items. So the lower right corner are called golden nuggets. In the upper left quadrant are the sleeping giants. These are items that don't sell that often, but when they do, they bring in big profits. And then in the bottom left corner, I simply call these the duds. They're not very profitable and they don't really sell often. They're not moving. Now, you're going to take a step back and look at this beautiful thing you've created, this matrix of information. All your dishes are listed there and you can see in black and white what's working and what isn't. If you're like a lot of restaurant owners, you're going to see things you never noticed before. And that's a great first step. Armed with all of this knowledge, now there are a bunch of things we can do. So the matrix, right, is about gathering all the information. That's the first step. Now, all the other steps here are about how to put that information into practice. The first area that we really tackle is aesthetic. So first things first, what we're going to do is make sure the aesthetic of the menu matches that of the restaurant. I'm going to remind you that the first marketing pillar is identity. Hopefully you figured out what kind of restaurant you are. You've identified the kind of experience you're looking to craft. If you did that early exercise from episode number two, you'll know exactly what the identity is for your restaurant. And at the end of that five episode arc, remember we talked about opportunities. I explained how every choice you make is an opportunity to communicate something to your customer. So the staff uniform, the lighting, the music, and so on, all the way down to the menu. 
The thing is, so often a restaurant owner will keep this till last. They wind up doing it themselves because they've already spent all this money and time doing everything else, right? The 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 build out and the staff uniforms and the lighting and the and the wine inventory, but they're missing one of the biggest opportunities to sell. Again, this is the one thing that everyone gets in your restaurant. Wouldn't you want to make your menu as great as it can be? So how can you make it great? Well, it needs to do a few things. Number one, like I said, it needs to reflect the aesthetic of the restaurant. Number two, it needs to clearly communicate what's for sale. And number three, it needs to make items appealing enough to buy. It has to make money for the restaurant. So to make sure it's in line with the restaurant, if you run a white tablecloth place, you probably don't want to hand someone a cheap paper menu or a laminated menu. It should be elegant and weighty. It should communicate sophistication. And you have choices to communicate this, right? Some are uh, inside the box ideas and some are outside the box. Um, you want to think about whether you have a, a menu cover or if it's just paper. Uh, what kind of menu cover? What kind of paper are you using? Think about the fonts you're using and, and the design elements. Remember, Google Fonts has hundreds of choices for you to use. You don't have to get stuck with Helvetica. Take advantage of the resources available online. Think about the layout of the menu. It should be easy to read, of course, but also easy to navigate. Will it make immediate sense to the diner or does it need some explanation? And a little guidance isn't bad. In fact, it can often be a good thing. It forces the staff to engage with the guest in a unique way. It presents the, the waiter as a leader, as a, as a guide, as an expert on the menu. So if your restaurant's a little offbeat, maybe a little unique, uh, perhaps leaving the menu vague might be exactly what you need. Maybe it's the thing you need to get the, the guest to engage with the server. But again, that goes back to identity. You have to figure out the identity of the place before you figure out what kind of menu, what kind of experience you're crafting, what kind of relationship you're crafting between the guest and the server. So again, we did the matrix exercise, and now you know what items make you the most money. Armed with that knowledge, we're going to start laying it all out. Remember this, just about everyone who comes in to dine is going to order an entree. That's in the bag. What you want to do is push them into certain entrees, and you want to try to get appetizers and sides on the table. That's the gravy, and that's where you make your profit. So there are a variety of ways you can call attention to certain items and calling attention to specific items is a good idea. And you can do this in a variety of ways uh, through lines and boxes and topography and graphics and colors and maybe even photos. So even if you're just using a simple paper menu, there are easy ways to draw attention to certain items, play around with things. Two quick notes before we move on to the next thing. Understand that the first and last item in a given section will often be your best sellers. So this is often where you'll want to put your superstars. Uh, so perhaps you're going to put a superstar in the first position and a sleeping giant in the last. Uh, this is a way to take advantage of that. Uh, also, I want you to think about the white space. People came to a restaurant, not a library. So you don't want to make them work too hard. Make it easy to navigate. Make it easy for the eye to scan. In keeping with that, I want to talk now about descriptions. So the menu is about communicating dishes to the diner, and it can be done a variety of ways, either through flowery descriptive language or just a minimalistic approach, uh, but just make sure it's consistent and make sure it does what you need it to do. Remember, this is a key way to differentiate yourself, so the descriptions are, are an opportunity to show off your identity. Uh, each of the dishes should have three main components. Number one is the name of the dish. Number two are the key ingredients. And then number three is something that sells the dish. So for example, pan-seared halibut with cauliflower, baby carrots, and new potatoes finished with shaved black truffle. And maybe you change it up throughout the, the menu. So you switch up the order. Grilled calamari drizzled with cordiolis, award-winning olive oil served with capers and couscous. 
Also, remember, it's about telling a story. Consider these two approaches when uh, considering your menu. Apple pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream is fine, but what if we dressed it up just a little bit? Grandma's famous warm apple pie with caramel sauce and vanilla bean ice cream. Or maybe you get cute with it and you put lobster instead of lobster. So lobster mac and cheese instead of lobster mac and cheese. It'll just call attention to it in a certain way, and it's telling a story about that dish. Uh, remember, also, specifics uh, about an item can help sell it. So it's not just a pork chop. Maybe it's a Nyman Ranch pork chop. It's not just black truffle. It's Perigord black truffle. Geography and a, and a certain purveyor or farm uh, all feed into a story that helps sell that dish. It, it tells the story of that dish. Often a description about the cooking process uh, will help entice a diner. So wood fire grilled or pan seared or dry aged. It's just another opportunity uh, to lure the diner in to help tell a, a broader story about that menu item. Uh, also, consider explaining unfamiliar items. So, uh, so shisito peppers, I've seen them on the menu, right? Shisito peppers, blistered mild peppers with lemon and sea salt. So it's just a simple description that, uh, that helps uh, illuminate a, a given dish. And so maybe people didn't know what they are, and then they read the description. And they say, oh, that sounds good. Finally, with descriptions, please know that it's a bit like fashion. It's always changing, right? Minimalist used to be in, and before that, it was this flowery, indulgent language. And tomorrow, it's going to be something else. You've got to keep up with your industry and your competitors. And again, it's all got to make sure it's in line with your identity. Um, after this, I want to talk about pricing. So we've already talked about the aesthetic of the menu, the layout, the design, um, the aesthetic feel of it. Then we talked about the descriptions, actually how you describe a given item uh, to help it sell. Uh, and then I next want to talk about pricing, right? So obviously in all of this, you have to figure out what kind of restaurant you are. You can either have an a la carte menu, meaning uh, each item is priced individually, people pick what they want, or there are also restaurants that have prefix menus, meaning you pay a set price for a fixed number of courses. It'll be $65 for three courses or $90 for four courses. There is an art to the latter uh, and a science, making sure you don't lose your hat with high ticket items. But for now, I'm going to leave that one alone because I'm assuming most of you guys listening don't have to deal with that. The majority of restaurants out there just deal with a la carte menu pricing. So that's where we're going to focus on. A couple of rules of thumb. Number one, with pricing, never put a dollar sign. Number two, get away from cents. It Again, it just reminds people of spending money. So just a whole number when possible. If you have to do dollars and cents, consider writing something like 17.5 instead of 17.50. It just works on the subconscious when people look at it. If they don't see two decimal points, it doesn't really register as money. Again, we don't really want to remind people about how much money they're spending. So the third rule of thumb is to think of it like retail. In retail, they always charge $3.99, right? Because the customer sees $3 instead of $4. It feels lower. Businesses have been doing that for years because it does work subliminally. And the same is true with high prices. $9 is better than $10 or even $9.50 or $9.5 is better than $10 because it will feel cheaper. If you're going to charge $10, you might as well make an extra buck and charge $11. People are already seeing the two digits, so just charge an extra buck. Uh, another rule of thumb is to put one item on the menu that's significantly more expensive than the rest. It just helps make the rest appear reasonably priced. And finally, remember, with high ticket items, we're interested in the actual dollar amount when it comes to profit. So maybe your lobster dish is running at a really high uh, food cost, maybe 40%. 
but since you're charging 50 bucks, you're making $30 on that dish. Whereas a less expensive item, maybe like a striped bass, you're charging $32 and it's running at like a 32% food cost. You're only making $21 profit on the striped bass as opposed to $30 profit on the lobster. So the lobster's food cost may be out of whack, certainly above where you want it to be, but it's what we want to sell more of because it's making more money for you. So in fact, it's making about 50% more money for us. It's more valuable. So those are just a couple of things to keep in mind when it comes to pricing. The last piece of this whole menu discussion is training, and it is crucial. Your staff needs to understand how to sell your menu. If you've identified four items on your menu that are superstars, then they need to be recommending those dishes. If there's a sleeping giant that you put in a box in the middle of the menu, they need to understand that this is something you want them to sell. And of course, the beauty of this is that they work for tips. They are incentivized to sell more. So make sure they understand that you are giving them a sales tool, a valuable piece of paper to take door to door to each of their tables as they sell. So it starts first when waiters are hired and first trained, but then things need to be fortified week after week after week. Waiters forget and the staff turns over. You have to keep reminding them. Make sure they know which items will help them and you. So again, those areas that we covered today, it was about the matrix, right? We talked about um, gathering all our data and understanding what dishes are working for us and which aren't. And from there, we talked about actually working out the menu. So we talked about the layout, the design. We talked about descriptions. We talked about the pricing. And then we talked about training your staff so that they can help you. The assignment this week, uh, of course, is simple. I want you to get going on this project of overhauling your menu. I know for some of you, it's going to be easy, just a few tweaks. And for others, it'll be more work. But don't let that dissuade you. You owe it to yourself to do it. I promise you, just with the couple of tweaks that I mentioned in the beginning, you're going to see an uptick of about 10%. And if you do every step that I'm telling you to do, I'm telling you in three months, you're going to see big changes to your bottom line. And finally, for this week's continuing education, I'm going to help you redesign your menu. Uh, I'm going to direct you towards three different websites, three online resources that will help you rework your menu. So Canva is a website online and they have menu design templates that you can use right there on their site. Uh, it's totally free to use and worth looking into. And then I've got two paid resources, Adobe Spark, they offer templates and 99designs is where you would engage a designer to help you overhaul your menu. These all are, uh, are ways to go. You can obviously build it on your own as well or engage a graphic designer, uh, but please don't just ignore this. Don't just use Helvetica. Don't put it on a plain piece of paper. Make your menu work for you. As always, I appreciate you guys being here. My name is Chip Close. This is Restaurant Strategy. Keep spreading the word. I will see you next week.